This message is from Living Rock Church, and we trust you'll be really equipped, envisioned, and encouraged as you listen today. Let's just, I know our hearts are open, but let's be ready, because I believe God's Word is going to come, and He's going to do something in your heart this morning. Who, who wants that? You, you need to want it. God wants to do something in our hearts this morning, and he's given the word to Shirley to share this morning. So over to you. Thank you. Zechariah chapter 3. If you've got one of these old-fashioned things called a book, uh, if you're not sure where it is, if you go to the New Testament and back two books, you'll come across Zechariah. If you've got one of those trendy electronic devices, scroll down to Z. Shut down all your other apps, which you might be playing while I'm talking. With the possible exception of 60-second story, which if you want to like that now, I'll forgive you for being online. I have to say that because I liked it last week during the service. Okay, I'm reading from Zechariah 3. The Bible's a really good book. And uh, I was reading this and found something that I was quite excited about, as is often the case. Um, And um, so I want to share it. The angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser Satan was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Jeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Joshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the others standing there, Take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Joshua, he said, See, I have taken away your sins, and now I am giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, They should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Joshua and said, This is what the Lord of hosts says. If you will walk in my ways, if you will keep my command, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge of my courts. I will give you places to walk among those who stand here. Hear, O Joshua the high priest, you and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. For behold, I am bringing forth my servant the branch. We'll leave it there. Zechariah has a vision, a vision of Joshua standing in front of God while Satan accuses him of stuff. Now, for some reason, Joshua's wearing dirty clothes. They shouldn't have been dirty. He was the high priest. He was supposed to wear clean clothes, beautiful, glorious clothes. If you read in Exodus 28, it tells you all about the clothes that they wear as a priest. And Zechariah doesn't go into detail here about why the clothes were dirty. He doesn't say what Joshua had been doing. Obviously, if you're doing priestly stuff, you get blood on you and stuff. And in those days, thank God, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, But he doesn't go into detail. He just says that God instructs the filthy clothes to be taken off him and some beautiful clothes to be put on him instead. So whatever the devil was accusing Joshua of, God just said... Take the filthy clothes away, Joshua. I have taken your sins away. I'm giving you new clothes. Do you know there's times 
when we know we've messed up our service for God? Or is that just me? We may have done something that makes us feel guilty, maybe even something that makes us feel dirty. And we've been taught that we have robes of righteousness, but sometimes we feel as if we've spilt down them. I was at Nathaniel and Sarah's wedding ceremony a few weeks ago, and um, they had canapes. Well, they'll all go in in one bite, especially with a mouth like mine. But it looked a little bit greedy to shove it all in, so I just took half. And then I was wandering around talking to people, uh, quite a lot of people and a lot of talking. And um, then I looked down and discovered that not all of one of the halves had gone in my mouth. (laughs) So here I was wandering around with this balanced, carefully in the scoop neck, posh frock, (laughs) not looking quite as... uh, I'd, I'd made a real effort as well, I was, but I was ruined. And nobody else in the entire place seemed to have dropped food down themselves, but yes, I did. But do you know, sometimes you can feel as if you're the only one who's messed up. I am pretty confident that I am not the only one who's messed up this week. In Zachariah's vision, though, look who's accusing The devil's accusing Joshua. That's the person who accuses us. The devil makes us feel guilt and shame. And so often we listen to him and we say, yes, Satan, you're right, I I am unworthy. I I have messed up. I am wearing soiled clothes. But look what God says. I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Satan. So how can we often accept Satan's accusations when even God doesn't? There might be people here this morning who feel as if Satan's accusations are valid. Strangely on my heart, I had people who still feel guilty about failed marriages. And God wants to take the shame of that away. People, young people, who still feel as if they're not much good because they're not in the popular gang. Things can lodge, can't they? Things people say can lodge. I remember when I was studying music at teacher training college and uh, I went for my review with my lecturer. And um, he said, to be honest, Shirley, you're just... And I thought, I'll put him out of his misery. I said, just average. He said, no, just below average. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes those things can stick with us. But do you know what? God does not consider me below average. God actually thinks I'm quite good. And... But there, there are things that, in your, you, you probably, as I've said that, come, come, you know, into your mind has come something that somebody said when you were younger and it's lodged with you. And it was like an accusation about that you weren't very good or that you weren't very clever or that you weren't very beautiful. And we take it on board and hold on to it. And God says that is not true about you. It is not true that just because you didn't get all that many likes when you put your picture up, you're not beautiful. God sees you as beautiful. And don't go on those anyway, because just what God thinks about us is far more important. 
you know, there are people who have soiled their minds with images they wish they'd actually not looked at. And you can feel bad about that and guilty and dirty, and the devil will pile it on you. You should have not done that. You And that kind of accusation that the enemy brings can make us feel under such a burden. But, but it's the devil who accuses us. God doesn't just here reject Satan's accusations. He says, take his filthy clothes off. Because that's what God's about, giving us a new set of clothes, a fresh start, forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Joshua definitely had dirty clothes on, but it was Satan the accuser who made him feel unworthy. Do you know, God doesn't even say, Joshua, take your own dirty clothes off. He gets somebody else to do it. I am so happy that Jesus has done what is necessary for me to be clean. Do you know, sometimes, though, we'll say, well, God, I'll take the coat off, but I'm, I'm not changing my undergarments. And, and you, we need to be, you know, we need to be, like if I was to say, stripped down in God's presence. You've got to be honest. God sees you. He sees, he sees everything. But he's not pointing the finger going, you, you've, you've let me down. He says, God knows that hurts us. That hurts us to be, to be sinful. So he wants us to be clean. He wants us to be free. He wants to give us a change of clothes. God says to Joshua, I have taken your sins and dirt away and I'll clothe you with rich clothes. And Joshua gets a completely new set of fresh clothes put on him. Now his first set weren't beggar's clothes. His first, this, this set in here, they were, they were priestly garments. And you think, well, he should have known better than to get them filthy. But God doesn't tut at him and go, oh, Josh, really disappointed. You know, I gave you that lovely priest outfit. You've got it dirty. You know, if we can't trust you, we're going to have to put you in the donkey cleaning gown. We are supposed to be kings and priests. That's who Jesus made us. When Jesus was at the Last Supper, he washed the disciples' feet. Do you remember? He didn't expect them to walk four inches above the ground once they'd been forgiven. He didn't expect them to roll in the mud, though. He said, if you've had a bath, you only need your feet washing. And there are times we need our feet washing. And that's fine. Because the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. What a brilliant thing to know and experience. We shouldn't be careless about our cleansed lives. We should be careful to stay clean. But God isn't yelling at us. He isn't saying, look, get out of my sight, you've let me down. He says, you're still a priest. Now let's make you look like one again. Once he has his clean clothes on, the angel reminds him that he should walk in God's ways and keep God's commands. And this really, I was really struck by this. He says, I will give you places to walk. And do you know one of my very favorite Bible verses? My favorite is um, Titus 3.5, if I had to pick one. But I love the verse which is repeated uh, both in 2 Samuel 22.37 and Psalm 18.36. And it says, 
you have made a wide path for my feet. Do you know, when I was a kid, I lived in London, and um, we spent quite a lot of weekends with my aunt and uncle, and my uncle used to take us to Greenwich Park, which is a massive park, and the, the naval um, place is, is there, and the Meridian Line, we used to love to stand astride that line and go, oh, I'm in two times. And um, when Uncle took us to Greenwich Park, he would let us run. Just, like, run. And, and then we'd take nets and catch sticklebacks in the ponds and feed the squirrels and pigeons landed on your head and we ate beech nuts. And it was just so cool. We just could go and be free and, and run anywhere. And he didn't worry about us. There was a lot of space. Now, there were times when we went to Deptford Market with my aunt... She'd hold her hand tight. Deptford Market was not a good place. Uh, it's a great place for eels, but not, not for wandering about and getting lost. And that's a terrifying thing, isn't it, when you, uh, as you've said today, when your children get lost. My aunt used to bang her hand against her side. And I used to think, what is this some sort of nervous twitch she's got? But uh, I said to her one day, Auntie, why do you do that? She said, checking my purse is there. <laughs> And there are some places where we, we know that we need to tread carefully. Okay, you've got to keep close. Like, God's always close to us. But there are other places when God says, yeah, go on, just, just enjoy it, just run, just love it. I, I went to um, go eight yesterday, and uh, I did the whole five areas. Anybody been to go eight? It's not designed for 55-year-old fat women, I can tell you. <laughs> Anyhow, I did the whole thing. But you climb up these various ladders. Interesting that you mentioned about ladders. You climb up these ladders, and you, um, you, you, there is, there, you, you, you're always hooked on. Every tree you get to, it says, stay attached. I thought, here's a sermon, stay attached, that's it, that's what we're going to do. So you are safe, providing you put on the hooks in the correct order, on the correct places. You, you're perfectly safe. But you go along these sort of tight ropey things like this, hanging on for dear life. And, um, and then you'll get to a tree and you go round the thing. And, then, and at the end of each of the sections, there's this zip wire you go down, and it is cool. They are long, fast zip wires. So you, you, and you just leap off this high platform, and they're high platforms, and you zip down this wire. And it is brilliant, and you sort of think, this, this has been worth going along this thing like this for. And um, I, most people who know me know that I get lost quite a lot. I may be the only person who actually got lost up the trees. I got lost up the trees in Goat. <laughs> So I'd gone along, I thought, this is a long one, this is a, there's an awful lot of these things here. So I'm going along, there's like long, thin planks, and then there's things that wave like this, and you're just hanging on. So I thought, and then I thought, where's the rest of my team? <laughs> so I'm looking around, where's the rest of this team? And I'd gone, and then I came, I'd done about three more of these, one through this tunnel, and then, and then I came to this tree, and I thought, well, that's a commando net. What do I hook onto to get down this commando net? So I can't find any hooks or anything to fix onto. And then a lady came down a zip wire into the net. 
which is when I realised I'd gone the wrong way round the course. <laughs> so I had to go all the way back mm, 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 through the tunnel, along the zip, along the thingy, thingy bridge, whatever they were called, Amazon Bridge, and back, and then found the zip wire that I'd missed the first time round. But there are times when we we're like that with God. We think it's like, you know, like as if we're trying to walk a tightrope with God. And there are times when it's really important that we're just on that path. But sometimes God goes, you've missed the zip wire. Get on it and zoom and enjoy it. And it's so good loving Jesus and serving Jesus. And we're, we just miss the zip wire sometimes. And so I just think, you know, when, when he says, I'll give you places to walk, we are supposed to enjoy the Christian life. We are supposed to have a jolly good time serving Jesus. That doesn't mean there aren't times when circumstances are straightened, when we're going through grief, sadness, difficulties, and those times you sort of think, I'm hanging on here. But do you know what? If you stay attached, actually, it's not at all dangerous. But places to walk, I was just excited about it. Do you know, I was listening to a programme on Radio 4 about Russian ballet. And do you know one of the reasons that they're so expressive and exuberant and exciting? The Russian ballet. Anybody seen the Russian ballet? Oh, it's nice to be somewhere cultured, isn't it? <laughs> and, um, but one of the reasons that the Russian ballet is, is so expressive and brilliant, they have got the largest stages in the world. So that's why the Russian ballerinas dare run and leap and jump, because they've got a massive stage, and they're not afraid to, to move about. God has created the world for us and all that is in it. You get to run about and leap and, and enjoy life. We should be the happiest people in our workplaces. We should be the happiest person in Aldi. Oh, sorry, cultured in Sainsbury's, I beg your pardon. <laughs> God has set us free. We're not supposed to live our lives cowering and shuffling and wondering if God's angry with us. He is always ready to pardon us. Amen. He has sent the Holy Spirit to walk with us forever. Amen. You're never alone. In verse 10, Joshua is told, each of you will invite your neighbour to sit with you peacefully under your own grapevine and fig tree. We didn't read that far down. On that day, says the Lord of heaven's armies, each of you will invite your neighbour to sit with you peacefully under your own grapevine and fig tree. Last week, David talked to us about wide open windows, about allowing the life of God to be released. He talked about new confidence in the community. He said, God's life is the hope of the world we are carriers of divine life. It's imperative that we are influencing and affecting our communities. He said, I have to open my home, open my heart to be a giver, to be a sharer, to be a consistent source of life and hope to family and friends. He said, our concern is to have a church which reaches out and touches the world, a church which is increasingly Christ-like. If you didn't hear him preach, put the podcast on. In Zechariah, God's people are told, invite your neighbour round to your garden. 
effectively. Let them sit peacefully with you. That's more than hello across the fence. That's more than a quick wave as you get in your car. That's being involved. Jesus got involved. Zacchaeus, come down. I'm coming to tea at your house. I think he just said, come to tea at mine, but he didn't have a house. So he went to his house. He sat down and had tea with him. He sat down and talked to people for ages and ages. He's on his way to go and have a rest, and then the people need him. And he didn't go, you know, I'll see you tomorrow, about half eleven when I've rested. He said, yeah, okay, now. Now is when I will meet with you. Nicodemus came at night. Jesus probably had a long day. He used to have long days. He didn't say to Nicodemus, well, it's turned 11. I'm sorry, you'll have to come back in the morning. Jesus was available for people at night. If your neighbour knocks the door at 20 to 1 in the morning, answer the door. And we should be people who people, when they're in difficulty, can come and knock on our door at 20 to 1 in the morning. You get some very odd people coming to stay, believe me, when you do that, but they're interesting. (laughs) Our priestly garments are supposed to help us invite people into the presence of God, not put them off. The priest's job was to get ordinary people to come near to God. that's, That's what a priest did, isn't it? Yes, surely that's what a priest did. They, they, they said to people, we want you to know God. We want you to know forgiveness. They had to go about it the long way and do the whole sacrifice thing on their behalf. We are now an open to us. is a new and living way. Open through the blood of Jesus. But the priests, that was their job. I will mediate between this man and that God. And priests, our duty is still that. Because people don't know God. They don't know how to get to God. And we do. So the priestly garments are not just so that you look weird. The priestly garments have a purpose. How many of us invited our neighbours round for a barbecue during the summer? I don't mean your Christian neighbours. I mean your neighbours who don't know God. How many of us asked them to join us at Life Group? How many of us have said, come and have a meal with me in Stony Stanton on a Thursday night for the next eight weeks and watch a DVD about the big questions of life? Because we're supposed to be bringing people to Jesus. That's our purpose. Otherwise, we might as well just go to heaven. Priests weren't supposed to just wander in and out of the temple while people watched. And people in the village see us come and go, come and go, come and go. We've got to reach them. The open windows, open doors concept has got to get into our psyche. It's got, we've, we've got to realise that's our purpose. We are priests in order to bring people to God. Yeah, right. According to the statistics I could find, which I think are old, there are 3,454 people living in Stony Stanton. 428 of them have long-term limiting illness. And we've been told we're a haven of health. 
46 of them are lone parents. 389 of them are divorced or widowed. And they're our responsibility. And I know most of us don't live in Stanton, but those are the people who see us as priests going in and out of the temple. So we need to reach them. People who need God. And people who haven't, aren't going through life-limiting illnesses as well need God. But like our heart's got to start going out to people who are in need. And if those people are ill like that... All, all they know is they can go to the doctors and get some more medicine. At how much is prescription now? We are told to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Priestly duties. And I've not done well at that. But I'd like to do better. If our concern really is, as David said last week, to be a church which opens its doors and windows and reaches out to touch the world, we need to find ways of inviting those needy people to sit peacefully with us under the blessings that God has poured into our lives. And that will be your neighbours, where your neighbourhood is. If you look it up on the statistics, you'll find out about your area. God has given us places to walk. Places where our friends and families and colleagues walk. And we're okay to walk there. And maybe if we walk with those people a bit more where they walk, it'll be easier for them to walk with us where we walk. So that we, we go out with them. And we just live Jesus, that's all. We just be normal, or as normal as people like me get, and we just reach out to people with the love of God, because we should be different. I, I was, I filled it with petrol last week at Morrison's, and I don't have a Morrison's saving thingy card for petrol, you get points, can't you? So the man said, whatever, it was 50 quid or something, um, have you got a card? And I said, no. So I turned to the chap behind me and said, have you got a card? Oh, he said, you are a kind lady. I thought, well, I'm not actually a particularly kind lady, but anyway, um, you know, like, it's no skin off my nose. I haven't got a card. They're just going to be wasted. But he was shocked that I would offer him my points off the card. And it's just about walking where people walk and, and being a priest, isn't it? And God gives us places to walk. So wherever you walk... That's a place God gave you to walk. He said, wasn't it to... to, to um... Oh, dear. What was Joshua's mate? Caleb. Um, he said, everywhere you put your foot, that's, that's what I'll give you. So we need to, like, tune in. When, when you're in the shop, is the lady at the checkout or the gentleman at the checkout needing you to encourage them? needing you to pray for them. Because that's a place you went to walk, and that's what God gives us, places to walk, to be priests, to bring people in contact with the Saviour, who can take from them all the guilt, the shame, the pain, 
who can dress them up in priestly garments like we've got and set them on a right path and help them to walk free and enjoy life. So I conclude. It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> You're not a dirty sinner. You're not. You are a priest and a saint. God does not accuse you. He forgives you. God wants to show you where to walk. And he wants to walk with you. And God wants you to invite your neighbours round and share the good news of Jesus. Thanks for listening today. For more information about Living Rock Church and for more great teaching, visit www.livingrockchurch.org.uk.